If you've ever wondered why you procrastinate or self-sabotage and you'd love to know how to stop the cycle, then today's episode is for you. So that's pretty much everyone over then. Today's guest is going to be helping us to unpack some of our more unhelpful habits, the ones which will quite often stop us from making the changes that we would love to. And she does that from the perspective of childhood conditioning and childhood trauma. I think this is going to be really, really fascinating. Our brains are wonderful things, but they can also have a habit of getting in our way sometimes. Times. But by the end of today's episode, you'll have a few strategies that you can put into place right now to help you move beyond that conditioning and towards finding your purpose and creating success in all aspects of your life. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Hi there and welcome to this week's episode. I've got another wonderful guest for you today who is going to be sharing with us just how our childhood conditioning can show up later in life with what she calls secondary symptoms. Things like self-sabotage, procrastination and disordered eating, for example. I think many of us can relate to at least some of these to some degree or another. Janine Worth, aka The Trauma Whisperer, is an internationally recognised trauma expert who helps women around the world heal from unresolved trauma and painful experiences using a combination of psychotherapy, clinical hypnotherapy and coaching to help women find their purpose and live life to the fullest. She is also the host of the Heal and Transform Your Life podcast. This is going to be so, so interesting. And today we're going to delve into some of this, particularly in relation to exercise, to self-care and ultimately our relationship with ourselves so that we can learn to step out of our own way a little bit, learn to create the kind of success that we want in all areas of our lives. As I said back in the episode introduction, I often talk to my clients and members about the idea of stories. So those things you have going around in your brain in the background, which can quite often stop you from doing the things you want to. So for example, you may have a memory of hating PE at school or thinking you were no good at sport. So even in the here and now, when you say to yourself that you do want to get fit, there can be this subconscious story that's telling you not to in order to protect yourself. Well, we're going to go even deeper into that today with Janine, right back to that childhood conditioning and how it's showing up for you today without you maybe even realizing it. So hi, Janine, a huge welcome to the podcast. So, so lovely to have you. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to speak to you today. Good. Right. First of all, I'd love it if you could just give us a little bit of background on you, what you do, how you work. Sure. So I wasn't always a therapist. I got interested in trauma, particularly after having a traumatic experience myself. Mm -hmm. I survived a hijacking, kidnapping and attempted rape at gunpoint at the age of 18. On the day I got my driver's license, no less. So um, I realized that I was having PTSD symptoms. At that point, I didn't 
have a name for it all. I just knew something was going on. Went to go see a therapist myself. And that is sort of the start of my, I called it this passionate love affair that I have with trauma because I know that it affects every single part of our lives. It affects the way we parent, how we show up in relationships, how much success we'll have, how willing we are to do workouts and, you know, the self-care of good nutrition, all of that. And I then went into a corporate career and later on, through one of my best friends passing away very suddenly from cancer, he said to me on his deathbed, make sure that you love what you're doing because I thought I would have more time. Mm. And that really started this journey for me of deciding, well, what do I really want to be doing? And having a conversation with my husband and saying, you know what, Although I have success in the corporate world, I really love to be a therapist and I want to work with women and I want to specialize in trauma. And at that point, luckily for me, we were in a situation where my children were a little bit older and I could actually go stop my corporate job and go and study because it was obviously not something that happens overnight. And I decided then that I will have an online practice because I want women to be able to get the care that they need, regardless of where they are. So a lot of my clients are in the UK or the US, and often the time difference helps a lot. They can put the kids to bed, pop online and get a session without having to take time off work, without it really affecting their life in a big way. And what I find so amazing about stories like that is the way that you have like you've taken something that you know clearly was a horrendous episode in your life and you you've turned it into something so positive helping other women through things like that as well but I think before we go into any further into this I want to just touch on the idea of trauma because obviously that is at the very center of what you do but I think there might be a lot of people out there who think that, oh, right, this isn't really related to me because I've not had any huge traumas in my life. I had a nice childhood. Everything right. seemed fine. Um, you know, and certainly not anything in their lives they would identify as trauma, but that's not necessarily true. So how would you describe kind of trauma in the context that you work with your clients? I love that you mentioned that because, you know, Hollywood has given us this idea that trauma is the war veteran coming home and having severe PTSD, or it's a horrific incident like I had myself, but the brain doesn't see trauma like that. The brain sees trauma as any event that is scary, shocking, makes us fear or have that feeling that we're not safe. And it's anything where we feel that we can't cope with what is happening at the moment. So you can imagine the younger we are, the more susceptible we are to the brain experiencing trauma because we're not mature enough to handle the situation. So trauma can be being bullied. Yeah, That's a traumatic experience. It can be having parents that meet your needs, but they're emotionally not available. Mm-hmm. So emotional neglect, that is a form of trauma. It can be, you know, often women will say to me, well, I was bullied for 10 years during my teens but at least I wasn't raped kind of thing. You know, they think that that's the only thing or that they have to compare and rate trauma. It doesn't work like that. The Mm -hmm. brain does not care. It does not have a rating system. Society has taught us that. 
And all it cares about is I have this emotional wound. I need you to take care of it. And then that's not even taking into account personalities. A lot of people are more sensitive and they can be really affected by something that someone else wouldn't even notice. Mm. You know, so there's a lot of things that play into it. And I always say I've never met a person that has not experienced some form of trauma. Just because you don't recognize it as trauma doesn't mean that that is what's really going on. Yeah, and I and I think that that is, um, you know, that's like a real trait, isn't it? That we minimize our experiences and we kind of go, well, you know, at least this was good and at least that was good and at least that didn't happen to me because, you know, at least I'm not that person. And that tends to make us minimize our own experience and kind of bury it under the carpet because we feel a bit silly almost for that even being a thing for us, you know? I call that toxic positivity. Mm. It's like when someone's trying to tell you about their experience and you're like, oh, don't worry, you'll get over it. Don't worry. Everything happens for a reason. And so can you just hold the space for that person and Mm -hmm. let them acknowledge what they are feeling, what they've gone through? But we're just like, okay, let's go on to the next thing. And in reality, we are basically just teaching ourselves and people around us that it's not safe to feel our emotions, that our our feelings aren't valid. And, you know, I remember reading something a while ago. I've got my kids are 12 and nine and my daughter, especially, you know, she's just started secondary school and you know she's settled in pretty well. She's got lots of friends. She's, you know, she's quite happy there, but there is particularly over, you know, all the pandemic and having to isolate several times times and being off school she she had moments where she was clearly feeling very anxious and she was feeling very sick about things and she found it really quite hard to go back time and time again and I remember I'd read something that sort of said your kids don't want you to solve their problems for them they want you to just be there and just say yeah this is rubbish this is rubbish right now and I totally get it and it sort of changed the way a little bit the way that I related to her actually, because I, like you say, I wanted to try and hold that space better rather than, you know, what we want to do as parents, we want to solve the problem for them. We want to make them feel better. And we think that the way to do that is say, Hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. But actually what they really need is for you to acknowledge. And and as grownups as well, we need somebody to just acknowledge it and say, yeah, this is pretty crap actually. Yeah. I totally get it. Think back to your own childhood. How often were you told by a well-meaning teacher, adult, grandparent, oh, come on, don't cry about it, calm yourself up. And that's just teaching us that our feelings are not important. Hmm. So in reality, we should be saying, okay, how did this make you feel? Because all that they need is that little bit of acknowledgement. But if you're continuously shut down like that, it's no wonder as an adult that you don't know how to communicate or that you can't speak your truth in relationships because that's conditioning that we are taught on a daily basis over and over again. Definitely. So, how do you find that that kind of trauma will show up for women? And what are the things that we tend to do, which might be indicative of something that maybe needs to be resolved? Okay. So, well, specifically for your audience, you know, people that have this idea, right, I'm starting this new fitness plan, or I'm going to start eating really clean. And they start off well, and then all of a sudden, it's like something, somebody just switches off that light in their brain, and there's zero motivation. There's all this procrastination. 
And very often I say, it's got nothing to do with willpower. We've been taught this nonsense that willpower, willpower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with willpower. If you are procrastinating or self-sabotaging your efforts, because obviously you have this desire to be fit and healthy, there's usually an underlying reason that your subconscious mind is holding on to. So we call this duality. You want to be fit and healthy, but then for some reason, maybe if you've experienced, I mean, I had this with one of my clients, she was a very early developer. So older boys and young men started hitting on her when she was barely 12 kind of thing. And that felt very scary to her. So in her mind, she didn't want to be sexually attractive because she didn't want that negative attention. It was a binge eater. And we could trace it back to an alcoholic father that told her, I wish she had never been born. And every time that she was made to feel not good enough through a boss or a friend or whatever, her solution was chocolates because that's how her mother used to make her feel better. So the first thing, and I tell this to all my clients, is you cannot change what you're not willing to acknowledge. The Mm. first step is acknowledging, you know what? I have tried to do this year after year after year, and I've never succeeded. Maybe it isn't my lack of willpower. Maybe there's something going on beneath the surface that is causing me to show up in this way. It's really interesting you say that as well, actually, because I'm forever telling people just forget about willpower. <laughs> willpower is a load of rubbish. It will, it will really will only get you so far. And if you're going to start blaming yourself for not doing stuff because of your lack of willpower, then you're on this never-ending cycle of you know failing over and over again because nobody's got the willpower that's going to take them through for the entire week, the entire month, the entire year. It just it isn't going to happen. And I think we, like you say, we assume that it's some like fundamental lack in us, but actually it you know it's something much deeper than that for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you are in a war with your subconscious mind, which mm-hmm. is like the pilot of your decision-making process. It takes a lot of mental energy because you're basically the entire day, every single day, having to talk yourself into doing something. And most people do not win that fight because your subconscious mind will come up with a hundred different reasons why what you want to do is a bad idea because its primary job is to keep you safe. Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing that I often talk about is this idea that we, you know, we we say, right, I want to get fit, for example. And we do on the surface, you know, we believe that we want to get fit, but what is going on in our sort of primitive mind is that it's saying to us, that's not what you do. I don't know what the outcome of this thing is going to be. So that doesn't feel safe to me. So I'm going to stop you from doing that, which is why I often say like the the kind of the all or nothing approach isn't particularly helpful because if you just chuck yourself in at the deep end, your brain is going to literally panic. It's going to go, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this because I don't know what's going to happen. And we like think it's just completely, you know, it's completely insane that there is some subconscious that is doing that to us and thinks it's keeping us safe. But the fact is that it is, that's, that's what our brain is there for. It wants to keep everything exactly the same, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it wants to keep us the same. And I think once we can understand that and we can start to work through that, I think that can make a real difference to just how we approach stuff as well, actually. Yeah. I mean, let's take the PE example, because Mm. a lot of women have had bad experiences there. Say, for instance, that you get humiliated or bullied in your PE class, 
your brain will then take on the belief, this is not safe for me. So going to a class at the gym, it is not going to be on board for that. It's going to be like, oh no, I've seen this before. It does not end well for you, my dear. Yeah. You know, and then women can't understand why year after year they sign up and then they maybe go once and then they can't do it anymore. And that's because your brain is saying, and it will come up with brilliant excuses. You've got a headache. You feel tired. Today's not a good day. All of these things, because its main job is to persuade you that this is not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's not what happens to you physically. And a lot of people need to wrap their head around this because when I say it at first, you're going to think that is not true, but just hear me out. The body heals. Hmm. So cuts, bruises, broken bones heal, right? We're all in agreement that this is true. Yeah, That is not the problem. The problem is the unprocessed emotions. So fear, guilt, shame, all of that that your subconscious mind has attached to a certain event. Yeah. So if you fall down in PE and you cut your leg, that's not the problem. The problem is that you felt scared and humiliated because everyone laughed at you. And now your brain is like, oh, physical activity, especially in groups, is not safe for you. That's just taking a very simple example. Sometimes there's a lot of other stuff going on what your mother was like, the relationship. Because as children, we're basically just sponges. We are constantly watching, copying, hearing, repeating what is in front of us. You know, so if you had a mother that was constantly dieting or constantly making these very negative judgments to herself, saying, I look so fat in this, or, you know, you can pick up on those vibes that you're not worthy if you don't look a certain way or if you want to be loved and accepted, you have to sometimes even go onto the spectrum of self-harming to look a certain way to be loved and adored. There's so many things that can play into that. Yeah, there's a lot, isn't there? I think um, there's probably a few bells going off for people right now and they're like, oh yeah, like recognizing myself, recognizing those P lessons or that, you know, that thing that might have happened to me or you know, why I might be picking up these unhelpful habits later on in life. So if that is the case, if people are like, oh yeah, I can see where this fits in with me. Where do you think is a good way for them to start with that, this kind of healing process? What are some, a couple of practical steps they can take first off? Okay. Well, the first thing is self-love and self-care. And I know some people are probably rolling their eyes now, like not this again, Mm. but If you are using food and exercise as a way to punish yourself Mm. because you hate the way you look, you're not going to be successful. I can tell you that now. I do not even need to meet the person or speak to them. I can tell you now because Mm. it's a negative driver. Mm. If you are using food and meal prep as a form of self-care because you are deciding in this moment how you are going to love yourself in the future, that feels a lot better. Yeah. That's a positive driver. So exercise is a way that you allow yourself to enjoy movement. It's not something you do because you hate the way you look. Yeah. Yeah. Totally on board with that. And I think, you know, it's like I say to people, you can't hate yourself into change, really. You just can't. No. 
you know, if I know, especially because of the pandemic, a lot of people have maybe put on weight because it's a very stressful situation. Mm. None of us had been in that before. We had a lot of extra, I was just thinking about myself, a lot of extra responsibilities, homeschooling, all of a sudden everyone's at home. So you're cooking a lot more. It didn't make less work for people with families. It was a whole lot of more work. So it's completely normal now to think, okay, we're getting to the end of the year. Instead of punishing ourselves, how about we start with loving ourselves? It is what it is, Mm. but that inner critic, and mine's really bitchy. I'm sure most of you can relate to that. Oh, your jeans don't fit anymore. Oh, you look so hideous. Or you should really cut back on the carbs. Things like that. Just try and parent yourself. Imagine this was your daughter saying that about herself. Would you say, Mm. yeah, Carby, you really need to start looking at your diet? No, a loving parent wouldn't say that. You'd say, you know what? You might not be that satisfied with yourself now, but look at what you just went through and come from that nurturing, gentle observer and say, you know what? That's not how I'm going to speak to myself anymore. So the self-love and the self-care, you know, starting to put appointments in your diary where, and it doesn't have to be something radically expensive, you know, mm-hmm. having a face mask, listening to nice music, mm-hmm. making yourself a nice cup of hot chocolate or tea, or just sort of nesting with yourself and giving yourself that bit of time where you can just be and check in with yourself. How am I doing? We're always asking everyone else how they're doing. How often do we ask ourselves? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one of the things that I I have, you know, worked on with clients sometimes is this idea of kind of stepping into who you want to be right now, because what we often do is we go, well, I will allow myself to feel good about myself when, when I, I have there. lost a stone or when this has happened or when that's happened. Yeah. And what I'm saying to people is you're going to spend your life doing that. And that's because I see women who have spent their lives doing that. They've been dieting for the last 20 years saying, oh, well, I'm not there yet. But when I do lose this weight, then everything's going to be okay. And I'm going to feel great about myself. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. And so I'm like, what you've got to do is you've got to start stepping into that right now. And you've got to say, well, I'm going to start imagining that I am that person. And I'm going to start treating myself in the way that that person would. And if you think about it, you're like, well, how does my future self treat themselves? Well, they probably do do a bit of self-care. They don't rush around thinking, well, I'll do self-care when I finish the to-do list. Hmm. They go, actually, this is a priority for me. And exercise a priority for me or eating well or you know whatever it is and you know I think that that concept is something that definitely I've come to understand more and more the more that I've sort of read about that stuff it's really interesting. Alex you will not believe how many women when I start working with a woman I ask them to make a list of stuff that they love most of them do not have themselves on that list do you know how Mm. how long that list is before they think to put themselves on the list? Mm. Yeah yeah, I can well imagine. I can well imagine. Because when I say to women, tell me what you love, they hardly ever mention themselves. So this shows us how we think about ourselves and how we treat ourselves and how we look at the whole journey. Instead of having gratitude for the journey and saying, you know what, we've been through a whole lot together. Your body has supported you through pregnancies, eating disorders, abusive relationships, and actually taking a moment and saying, okay, You've done so much for me. Let me do something for you. Mm. 
it almost feels selfish, doesn't it? Because you, you, we spend our lives thinking about other people and what other people need. And so the idea of thinking about ourselves like almost feels like, well, I can't do yeah. that because that feels selfish. I must look after everyone else. And it's like, these things are not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the yeah. other. You can do all of, you know, you can look after other people and look after yourself at the same time. Like there's you know, nothing to say you can't do both of those. Everyone knows that saying you can't pour from an empty cup, yeah. right? And I call BS on that whole thing because everyone thinks they're doing well if their cup is half full. And I'm like, no, the cup is for me. Imagine if you and I met at a coffee shop and you had a cup of coffee and I had a cup of coffee. You wouldn't start drinking out of my cup, right? Well, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) So my cup is for me. It needs to be full for me to be the best mother, the best partner, the best therapist, the best business owner that I can be. What spills over from my cup is for my family, my clients, my friends. But women don't realize that. They think if their cup is half full, they're doing well. And it's like, honey, you're not. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, going back to what we were saying before about, you know, you mentioned about talking, you you wouldn't talk to your child in the way that you would talk to yourself, you know, you would be loving towards them and you'd be really accepting towards them and and all that kind of thing. And I think that spills into this as well, because what happens is our kids don't learn from what we tell them to do. They learn from seeing what we do and how we treat ourselves. Now, if we are forever rushing around, trying to spin all the plates, never looking after ourselves, then our kids pick up on that and they believe that that is also the way that they've got to be as well. And you know, we wouldn't want our kids to think that that's how they had to live the rest yeah. of their lives, right? We would want to think that exactly. they could live their lives feeling good about themselves, looking after themselves, taking some time out. So if you want your kids to do that, then you've got to do it for yourself now because they're going to learn from you. I'm laughing because my 11-year-old daughter is so good with self-care. Sometimes she'll come and tell me, if you need anything out of the bathroom, go get it now because I'm having a self-care <laughs> day. And she will go in, she will light the candles, she will do the bubble bath. You'll hear like spa music coming out of the bathroom. She's got her yeah. face mask on. And I'm so proud of her because this is something that for her at 11 already is seen as completely normal and necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen her say to her friends, oh, I can't today. I'm busy and her busy is her self-care spa day. Oh, wow. So when I look at that, I'm just so happy because if she knows that at 11 already, imagine Mm -hmm. what kind of person I would have been if I had known that at 11. Yeah, no, totally. Same as my 12-year-old daughter. She spends a lot of time in the bath. (laughs) She got into bed the other day when we came back from holiday. She just literally spent the whole day in bed. I was like be nice to do that wouldn't it right okay so to finish off today then Janine um, I'd love it if you could just tell us a little bit more about where everyone can find out a bit more about you sure so Instagram is probably the best way to connect with Mm -hmm. me I am at therapist underscore Janine Worth w-i-r-t-h and for anyone that is looking to start this journey and trying to do a bit of investigation, maybe you just already know that your childhood wasn't great. I would like to give them a free guided hypnosis called Heal Your Inner Child that is just going to do a bit of emotional um, looking at what is actually in your subconscious mind mm-hmm. and just help you take that first step to clearing out that junk 
Brilliant. Because a lot of us um, are holding on to a lot of stuff then we don't even know that it's right there. Sure. And I think I think I'll be downloading that as well. Actually, I've I've been trying a bit of uh, recorded hypnosis lately for a couple of other things, and I've really enjoyed doing it as well. Actually, I find it relaxing. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be downloading that myself as well. And of course, we'll put the links to your Instagram and to that free hypnosis into the show notes as well. So that was amazing. Thank you so so much for joining me today, Janine. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you, and I know that you will have given listeners a lot to think about today. Thank you, Janine. Another brilliant guest, and as she mentioned. If you want to find out more about her, you can head to her Instagram and you can find her guided hypnosis. The links to both of those things are going to be in the show notes. It's been a total pleasure to spend another episode with all of you out there. And as always, I'd love any feedback and ratings you care to give me. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at AlexChickFit for plenty more inspiration.